Welcome to the Beginner Photography Podcast. Today, we're backing up our photos, so let's get into it. Welcome to the Beginner Photography Podcast, a weekly podcast for those who believe that moments matter most and that a beautiful photo is more than just a sum of its settings. A show for those who want to do more with the gear they have to take better photos today. And now, your host, Raymond Hatfield. Welcome back to this episode of the Beginner Photography Podcast. I am Raymond Hatfield, as always, your host, and boy, am I happy to be here. I'm happy to, um, I was going to say that I'm happy to see you, but I can't see you, so I'm just happy to be here with you virtually through your headphones or car speakers or whatever it is. Um, You know, this is obviously a very strange time. Uh, in history that we're at right now, and uh, kind of keeping this community together is something that is uh, very important to me, as it just, you know, brightens up my spirits, makes me feel better. Um, I hope that it makes you feel better as well. I actually had an engagement session scheduled for this this last weekend. It was scheduled quite a few months back, Um, and as you can imagine, we both agreed (laughs) that we should postpone the engagement session uh so uh i didn't i didn't have that to do normally i'd be i'd be busy with that but i did not have that to do so i've just been trying to you know stay off of social media as as much as possible so i've been working on some new ideas for you the listeners as far as helping you out in any way that i can so in in march uh if you're listening to this the day that it goes live this past month, I uh, I recorded uh, I created a new training uh, that was just for premium members uh, that was called "Who Is Your Ideal Client?" Where we walked through, you know, um, the importance of knowing who your ideal client is, uh, how to find them, how to speak to them, how to deliver a great client experience just for them, but then also things like how to deal with difficult clients. So that was really fun to create and kind of go through that exercise again for me. And then in April, this next month, I will be releasing my entire client workflow system that is just for premium members, which covers everything from inquiry to delivery. And I'll show you even how to track it all so that you never miss a date or wonder, wait, did I have something to do today? Um, so there'll be worksheets and even printables to uh, to print. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... That will be five days of videos. Uh, Those will go live April 13th. So if you want to learn about how to create a client workflow system, you can head over to beginnerphotographypodcast.com, click the premium membership button at the top of the page, and become a premium member today and start building your photography business. We got time. So let me ask you a question. What would you do if you lost everything, like if you lost every photo that you've ever taken, now really think about this for a second, because this used to, like, um, I didn't, I didn't know them personally, but uh, there was a family. Now I'm trying to figure out how it was that I did know them, but I remember growing up, there was a family that either my family knew or maybe it was my friends' family knew them. Regardless. They, their house burned down in a fire, and they lost everything, everything. 
And at the time, as you can imagine, photos were printed on paper and they were kept in the house. And because you didn't look at them every day, you probably put them in a closet high up. So therefore, in the event of an emergency, you're not going to run into a small closet, get a short little ladder, grab a book of, uh, of, of all your photos, and then run out of the house. It got burned up. It was gone. What would you do if they were all gone? Every, you know, photos of your children's birthday, photos of your parents, photos of loved ones. You know, how many, how many loved ones do you have photos of? What would you do if they were all gone? What would you do if they were all gone? I would be devastated. I would be devastated. I, one time, this is a, this is a dumb little story that does not compare anywhere near to an entire house burning down. But, um, I guess it was 2010 or so, maybe 2011. Um, I went on a family vacation with my, with my wife's family, um, and I took a bunch of photos on my phone because I had just gotten a new phone and it was like, I really want to test out this camera and see what it's like. I took a bunch of photos with my phone. And then uh, uh, as we we flew back home, as we landed, I got a notification on my phone that saying, hey, you know, new uh, operating system is available. It's probably iOS 4 or something ridiculous. And I was so excited that I went to install the uh, the update. And... Uh, something happened, it did not install correctly, and the phone was bricked. I, well, until I until I plugged it back into a computer. But at that point, everything had to be wiped. So all of the photos that I had taken of uh, this vacation, specifically to test out the camera, I specifically took, you know, photos to look at, were all gone, you know. And I remember how painful that was for me. It was like, great. It was almost like saying to yourself, like, that whole week was useless, <laughs> you know? It's gone. It's It's gone forever. It never even happened. Now, I know that that's an, a, a grave exaggeration of of the severity of losing those photos. Um, but still, I, I still think about some of those photos because I remember trying to get artistic and, and being really intentional with those photos. Uh, and they were, they're gone. I, n- I never got to see any of them, really. So anyway, today, if you're listening live, today is March 31st, and it is World Backup Day. Now, I'm going to share some stats with you that I think you're going to find uh, staggering. So according to the World Backup Day website, 1.4 million hard drives fail every week in the United States. Now, combined, that is more than 70 million computers every year. 70 million computers every year fail. And even more surprising is that only 29% of data loss is due to human error, which means that 71, 71% of data loss is due to failure or theft, or a disaster. 71% of data loss is completely out of your control. Completely. It's going to happen. And 60% of businesses fail, have to close their doors within six months of losing all of their data. 
Now think about that because we are we are photographers, and as a professional photographer, we sell memories and moments. But those memories and moments are just data. That's all that it is. It's simply data, ones and zeros. It is no different than a Word document or any other file on your computer. And as a photographer, your data is all that you have. That's it. That's all that you have. That is what you are selling. So keeping your data safe, I cannot tell you how incredibly important it is. Hey, Raymond here. If you're sometimes baffled by which camera settings to use, then I've got just the thing for you. My free guide, Picture Perfect Camera Settings. It's a fantastic starting point for anybody eager to understand the basics of camera settings in various shooting scenarios. And it's tailored to beginners who want to get out of auto mode, providing clear, easy to follow suggestions on where to start with your settings. So whether you're capturing a stunning landscape or a family portrait, Picture Perfect Camera Settings will help you to get off of automatic mode and explore the possibilities your camera offers. Remember, mastering photography settings is a journey, and this guide is your first step. And the perfect resource to guide you towards finding the right settings for your style. So grab your copy today at perfectcamerasettings.com and start your journey to better photos. I got kind of worried thinking about losing my own data. Anyway, so today I'm going to walk you through just some of the best practices and examples of image backup workflows to keep your photos safe and protected. So let's talk about a backup. What is a backup? A backup is simply a separate copy of your data. Now, there's a saying when it comes to redundancy, which is if you have one copy, you have zero copies. And that's because the risk is incredibly high um, from multiple failure points that you could just lose everything. You know, think about your computer for a second. If you have, you know, a photo on your computer, it's nowhere else. It's not on hard drive. It's not in the cloud. It's nothing. It's only on your computer. Um, there could be a storm and there could be an electrical surge, which could fry your computer. A kid could be tossing a ball in your house and it accidentally hits your computer and it falls and crashes and everything dies. Uh, somebody could break into your house and steal your computer. There are so many ways, so many failure points where you could just lose everything. Like for me, for that phone example, all I had to do, one software update ruined everything. And it could technically be the same for you. Now, I, I, we're, we're at this point now where, where technology is a little bit safer when it comes to the software side of things. Things are a little stronger and more robust. So I doubt that you're going to get a software update on your computer and lose everything. But it happened to me. And it was, it was just one point, one point of failure. So we as photographers need to build a image backup workflow that is not only strong, but also flexible to be able to keep up with the growing demands of taking more photos and cameras with more and more megapixels. You know, that obviously is going to take up more storage on your computer. And that all starts with a strong image backup workflow. So uh, if you're listening, sometimes data gets confusing. I'm going to try to keep this as simple as possible, but just in case, um, 
you know you need something a little bit more visual i have a pdf of my image backup workflow uh, that you can see in the show notes of this episode as well as some recommendations for external hard drives just to get you started so head over to the show notes download that now but just know that without human error without human error without accidentally deleting something without pressing that install software update button like i did without any of those things there are really two places two main areas where data loss will occur but before i get into that think about this real quick a, a, you know think about a car right cars can last for a long time you know we all see cars from the 50s and 60s still on the road today even some from you know the 20s um, but those are those are <clears throat> like vintage cars. Those are typically cars that have been rebuilt because it's a machine, and machines are not meant to last decades and decades and decades. And neither are hard drives. Hard drives are not meant to last that long. Now they can last a while, you know, five, six, maybe seven years. And with solid state drives they should last longer. But traditional spinning hard drives, if you turn on your computer and you hear like a and something start to spin up, your computer has a, uh, a, 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 a traditional hard drive inside of it. And those things are just not meant to last forever. There's lots of moving parts. And they will fail. They will fail. So that gets us into the two main areas where data loss will occur. And that is memory card corruption, right, within your camera, or hard drive failure, so that's one, right? Memory card corruption, hard drive failure. Mechanical issue with the data. And then the second thing is either theft or natural disaster. So somebody breaking into your house while you're gone, take your computer, or um, a flood, a fire, uh, you know, any sort of natural disaster. Earthquakes, tornadoes, hurricanes, whatever it is. Those are the two main areas where data loss will occur. Those are going to account for more than 80% of all data loss that isn't human related. Um, so before we get started with an image backup workflow, let's go ahead and talk about some of the best practices when shooting so that we can increase our chances of keeping our photos safe before they get to the memory card corruption, hard drive failure, theft or natural disaster. Uh, phase. So for best practices, if you have a camera that has two card slots, shoot on both card slots. So what I mean is my camera, my cameras have two card slots, right? So on one card, I have it sh uh, record the full raw images that I shoot at a wedding. And then on the other card, it's just a JPEG uh, backup. Now, I'm not going to get into why I do that specifically, um, do a RAW and a JPEG backup, but if you have two card slots, then you know that if one of those card slots goes bad, if one of those cards gets corrupted or something like that, you still have the other card with the images on it to be able to save from the day. And when you have something like a wedding, that's, that's pretty important. Uh, Best practice number two is to do not turn off your camera while the memory card read light, or I guess write, yeah, memory card read write light is on. So every camera has a little light that when you take a photo, uh, a little light will kind of blink. There's mine right there if you're looking at uh, on YouTube. 
So if that light is on, if it's blinking or anything like that, don't turn off the camera. Just wait till that light turns off. Memory card, you know, speeds are, are pretty quick, so it shouldn't be more than a second or two. But if that light's on, don't turn it off. Next is to replace your memory cards every year. Now, memory cards are pretty robust. They have gotten much better over the past few years, but they are so cheap today compared to what it is that you're shooting. Think about, I mean, if, if you just think about how much film you would need to, to photograph a wedding, let's say 10 rolls. 10 rolls, that's uh, 360 photos that you'd be taking at $10 a roll. That's uh, $100 just in film for every single wedding to only be able to take 360 photos, okay? A memory card is gonna last you a year and it's only gonna be 60, 60 bucks or so, you know? Even if you bought five memory cards, <laughs> it would still be so much cheaper than shooting on film. And the thing is, is that even these memory cards are not meant to last forever. So just to be safe, replace your memory cards every year. And with your old ones, you can give them to your kids, you can give them to friends and family. Like, typically people aren't using memory cards in the same way that photographers do. So it's okay that, you know, they use them for, for other things. Number four is do not erase images off of your card while you're shooting. So please don't ever, ever delete a photo from the camera. I know that there may be times where you go out to shoot and you realize like, oh, my memory card's full, I have to delete some photos. Please don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> also, uh, you know, some people go out and, you know, when you're shooting, you'll look at a photo and then you'll think to yourself, I don't like that one. And then you'll just delete it right there. Don't do that either. There's no need to do that. Do not do that. Do not do that. Think of it like this, right? Your memory card is um, is 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 an empty wall and eat and uh, you're laying bricks right every brick that you lay is a photo that you take now all these bricks are pretty uniform they're all about the same size but they're not exactly the same size so if you have to take out one brick from the middle of the wall and you're trying to put in another brick that brick even though they were made from about the same mold, they're not going to be the exact same size. So it might be a tiny bit larger or a tiny bit smaller, which is going to create a weak point in your, um, in your wall, essentially. Now, it's not exactly the same as that, but it's pretty close. When you have a weakness or when you have something that doesn't fit, now that image has to be kind of scattered throughout the memory card. You have to break up that brick, put half of it here and then another half somewhere else. That can just cause more problems, okay? So please just do not erase images off of your card while shooting. It's just going to cause you problems. Next thing is uh, format your memory card, or I'm sorry, do not format your memory card until all of your photos have been backed up. So when I get home from a wedding, I take out my memory cards from the camera, I plug them into my computer, I unload all the photos onto my computer. I wait until those photos are backed up, not only to a hard drive, but to an offsite location before, and to tell you the truth, I actually wait until those photos are delivered to the client before I will erase a memory card by formatting it in the camera. Maybe you don't have to go that extreme. 
you know, you could just wait until they're backed up to a hard drive and then backed up to an offsite location before you put it back into your uh, camera and then format it. But don't format it on the computer, format it within the camera. Format it within the camera. The camera knows how it works, the camera knows how it wants to put photos where it's going to go. Format the card in the camera. And uh, yeah, that was actually my last one. Only format your card in the camera. So we'll go back over those again. Best practices. If you have them, shoot to two card slots. Do not turn off your camera while the memory card read-write light is on. Replace your memory cards every year. Do not erase images off of your card while you're out shooting. Don't format your card until the photos have been backed up. And only format your card in camera. Now there's one last best practice here, and I'll be honest, I'm kind of on the fence about it. And that is shooting on small memory cards for large events. So if you do not have two card slots, if you're using a memory card and a camera correctly, you should not have any sort of corruption issues. You shouldn't. It's designed to not have any corruption issues. but. Look, I'm not a data scientist, but I would assume that most of the errors that occur with memory card corruption are the result of doing something wrong with the memory card. So taking it out early or turning off the camera while it is still writing to the card, okay? That's what I would assume. Now these days, cameras have very fast write speeds. Memory cards are much tougher than they used to be. And when used properly together, there should be less than there should be less errors than you would have, say, five or ten years ago. But back so back then, the recommendation would be to only shoot with small cards, aka, aka. That's not what I'm saying. Only shoot an hour to two hours worth of photos, so that. If a card were to go bad, you would only lose a small portion of your images. But because of advancements in technology and speed, I think that it actually may be safer to shoot with one large card just to cut down on the amount of times you mess with a memory card. Now, I have no data to confirm any of this. None. I have zero data. This is just a hunch. But in shooting for 10 years, I've only had one for sure, maybe two images that were actually corrupt on the card. So do with that info what you will. But, you know, I, I also use professional grade cards. So, you know, sure, a professional grade card may be three times the price, but that's still like 60 or 70 bucks. And when your images are everything, 60 or 70 bucks to take photos with $1,000 cameras is a drop in the bucket. It's nothing. I want people to spend more money on memory cards. <laughs> For real, I do. Spend less money on the camera body, spend more money on the memory cards because that's what holds it all together. Anyway, okay. So those are, those are best practices. Again, take with that what you will. I recently just bought a, a Fuji X100V that I will be taking two weddings. Like this will be a wedding camera for me and it only has one card slot. And that's exactly what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna put in a 
you know, a 256 gig card and um, never remove it. Because I, I think that we're at this point to where it's safe to do that. This, this is a hunch. And maybe someday in the future you're going to hear another episode from me of how I lost all my wedding images. But <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't think that's, that's, that's going to be the case. I mean, people still shoot weddings on film. And then they have to, you know, not, not only is that risky in and of itself, but that film could be damaged and then it's just done forever. Like, very easily. Film is a precise science. And if you get any of it just a little bit wrong, you, like, you're done. Have you ever tried to make muffins or uh, cupcakes and used a tablespoon of salt instead of a teaspoon of salt? I mean, that's a very small difference. But when you take a bite, it's like, whoa, this is bad. And it's the same thing with film. It's a lot riskier to shoot on film than it is with digital. So, again, those are my best practices. Take it uh, for what for what you will. But now let's let's move on to the to, to the next part, right? The part about the uh, how to actually back up your photos and how to deal with that workflow. So that's what's next. So let's say that you go out. You shoot, you come home, and now it's time to put your photos onto your computer. If you're just getting started with photography, it probably looks something like this, where you either plug in your camera directly into the computer, or you take out your memory card to plug in to the computer. And then you drag and drop the, all of the photos from your memory card onto a folder on your computer before bringing those photos into Lightroom or whatever it is that you're using to, to edit your photos. So now that your photos are on your computer, great. Step one. Now it is time to create a backup to keep those photos safe. So backup for beginners. We keep, as a beginner, you keep all of your photos, the originals, in air quotes, the originals, on your computer. They're on your hard drive. That's where they live. Here they are, they're on my computer. So if you, were, if you want to back up your photos, if you want to keep them safe, at its most basic level, what did we say a backup was? It is a separate copy of an original file. So to back up your photos as a beginner, all that you need is an external hard drive. So again, I have recommendations for external hard drives in that PDF that I uh, have in the show notes. So check out the show notes for some recommendations for your computer and for your, for your use. But when you have an external hard drive, now you have a location to back up your data onto. And this, this isn't difficult at all. This is very basic. In fact, if you have a um, Apple computer, the built-in time machine application I use because it's perfect. It works great. It just backs up everything on my computer onto another hard drive. Microsoft has something uh, similar. I believe it's called Microsoft Backup. I haven't used it, but from what I've read, it's, it's pretty similar. So now, once you have that hard drive and you've ran a backup, congratulations, because you now have your data in two different places your computer, and the external hard drive. Now for most people, this is enough. If you're just a casual shooter, if you're just shooting for fun, uh, you know, you're really not even sharing the photos, you're just shooting for yourself, 
<clears throat> that will most likely be enough. And then you're covered. So again, I have links in the show notes if you want to have recommendations for a hard drive. There's tons of hard drives out there. So check that out. Now the next level is the hobbyist. What does a backup for a hobbyist look like? Now a hobbyist is somebody who they might make a few dollars with their camera, but they take it more seriously than a beginner. Typically a, uh, you know, a, a, a prosumer level camera, maybe some nicer lenses, um, things like that, right? So it's those who are taking shooting seriously. There are two ways to bring home more money with your photography business. You either get more clients or you spend less of the money that you make. CloudSpot Studio helps you keep more of what you earn. With the lowest payment processing fees in the industry, the average photographer will save $300 annually. And that's just more money to invest in essential gear like a new flash or a sweet camera bag. You know, one that is perfect for storing all of the wedding day snacks that you can pack. But it's not just about savings. CloudSpot Studio is designed to streamline your workflow. Easily organize shoots, send contracts, questionnaires, invoices, and you're really going to enjoy the hassle-free payments. So sign up for a free CloudSpot account at deliverphotos.com and... As a bonus, you're going to get access to my exclusive wedding and portrait contracts and questionnaires at no additional cost. Why let fees chip away at your profits? Empower your photo journey with CloudSpot and watch your business soar. So for you, you're keeping the originals instead of on your computer on an external hard drive. So we have our computer. We have another hard drive connected, and you're going to put all of your photos onto that external hard drive. But now, because you're taking your photos very seriously, you also have a second hard drive that you put on top of that external hard drive. So now you have two external hard drives. You have drive A and drive B. And drive B is simply a mirror of drive A. Here's the thing. In your computer, just... The fact that it is a computer, there are more failure points for a hard drive to go bad. It could be, you know, an electrical surge. Once again, it could be, it's larger. So if somebody were to, it'd be easier to knock over. You know, there's there's all these things that could go wrong. If you keep everything in a smaller package, the risk of things going south uh, is reduced. So keeping everything on a hard drive and a dedicated external hard drive can typically last longer than the ones that go in computers, just in the same sense that like, you know, when you uh, uh, buy a new car, the radio inside of that car is just kind of like, they make it because your car has got to come with a radio. And if it didn't, then you'd be upset about it. So they're typically not that great. Like the, the, the radios in cars, they're not very good. So typically people buy a, an aftermarket uh, head unit for their car, for better sound, for uh, better... I don't know, uh, I was going to say accessibility, but that's not the word that I'm looking for. Just more features and stuff like that. They're just more, you know, well thought out. And it's kind of the same with an external hard drive. Like when you buy a computer, your computer's got to come with a hard drive. So they're just going to put whatever they, you know, whatever's going to save the money in that computer. But when you buy an external hard drive, like that's its one job. So they're going to make it either more robust um, and hopefully safer as well. So this is why you're going to keep everything on an external hard drive and then just have it mirrored onto a second external hard drive. 
And again, this doesn't have to be difficult either. On a Mac, I use a program called Carbon Copy Cloner, which I just set a schedule and I say, hey, at 9 p.m. every night, copy this hard drive onto this hard drive. Uh, and it's super easy. I think the program's like $20 or something like that. But for you to not have to go through and manually change every single file, every time you 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 know you add a file you change a file you do something like that is uh it's priceless to me it saves me tons and tons and tons of time so that's what i use there so now your your photos are in two locations that's great but and those those two locations are going to be stronger than uh than if you just had them on your computer and an external hard drive but you take your photos pretty seriously like real serious so to protect yourself, you also have cloud storage. You have an off-site backup to keep your photos safe in the event of theft or a natural disaster. So, I mean, these are things that you can't control, you know? Um, even like if, if you had an electrical surge in your house and it fried your hard drives, you'd be, you'd be done. But if you have an off-site backup as well, then, then you're gonna be protected. I use a program called Backblaze for my offsite cloud backup. And once again, I have a link in the show notes as well that I included in that PDF uh, that will actually give you a free month if you want to try it out for yourself. Now, this isn't an ad. It's not. I just simply use Backblaze every day and it has made my life less stressful. <laughs> as a photographer, I think about losing my photos all the time. And this prevents that from happening. So again, it just makes my life easier. And I think that off-site backup is essential, is essential because, you know, you don't plan for a fire. You don't plan for a flood. You don't plan for somebody to come into your house and break in and steal your hard drive. You don't plan for those things. So it's not something that you can say like, oh, well, I'll wait till July to, to do that. This is something that needs to be done now because it's going to protect you in the long run. So seven or eight years ago, I would actually rotate my backup hard drive. I, I had two of them. So I had the main, the main drive where I would put all of my photos onto. And then I had uh, drive B, which would be a mirrored copy of that. And then drive C, where once a month, I would take that mirrored hard drive and take it to the bank to put it into a safe deposit box. And then I would swap them out every single month. Every single month, I would have to disconnect, I'd have to unplug, I'd have to wrap it up, I would take it to the bank, I would have to wait for a teller, I'd wait for them to open the door, I'd put my key in the thing, I'd open it up, I'd wait for them to shut the door, I could open up my safe deposit box, I'd take out the old hard drive, or the, the, the second hard drive, I'd put in the other hard drive, I'd close it, I'd put it back, I'd lock it, I'd, you know, I'd have to leave, I'd come home, I'd plug in the new hard drive, and then I'd have to wait for that to all copy. It was a lot. Just in case there was a fire or a theft were to happen, I wouldn't be completely screwed. I would lose about a month's worth of photos, sure, but at any given time, I mean, a month wasn't, I didn't, I, I wasn't going to be driving to the bank every single day, you know? But now I don't have to do that. I don't have to go to the bank once a month. Because Backblaze backs up everything, every single day, in real time. 
Now, if I do experience a theft or a fire or, you know, what have you, here's what I love about Backblaze, because right now, hold on, let me look at this real quick. I currently have, uh, do, 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 I currently have seven terabytes of data that they have backed up. These are just photos, photos and videos, seven terabytes. So if something were to happen and I were to lose all my data, what Backblaze would do is that they would take all that data, they'd put it on a hard drive, and then they would send it to me. <laughs> so all I'd have to do is get a new computer, plug in the, plug in the new hard drive, and then dump everything onto, uh, I'd, I'd be set, I'd be good to go. I'd be ready to go, up and running in no time. And to me, you know, $10 a month, which is what Backblaze is currently, for unlimited storage, and that peace of mind is worth it. It's so worth it. And again, this isn't an ad. I don't make any money if you use that link or whatever. Uh, this isn't sponsored, nothing like that. I just use it, and I love it. And uh, again, I think, it, I think you can get a month for free to try it out uh, uh, with that link that I share. So just give it a shot. Give it a shot. So luckily, here's what I love about all of this, is that all of this is pretty automated. I'm not good with uh, you know, remembering how to do a billion little things at once, or even five things over a week. If I have to do something every single day at like a specific time, I just get lost, <laughs> which, which is ridiculous to think about. All of this is automated. All of it is, is, is very straightforward. So once you set it up, they just work. It just works. And all of these options allow you to grow with you as, as you grow, either, either in your skills as a photographer, with your equipment as a photographer, the amount of photos that you've taken as a photographer, or even if you decide to go into business as a photographer. All of these things will grow with you. The point here is that backing up your photos should be important, but not urgent. Those are two very different things. They should be, it should be incredibly important, but not urgent. Right now I have, this is gonna sound ridiculous. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you all of my hard drives right now. I have the hard drive that's in my computer. So that's one. I have a bootable backup. So if my computer were to fail, I have another hard drive that is dedicated to, to, to being an exact copy of my computer. And if I plug it into another computer, I can launch from that hard drive and everything will be set up exactly as, as mine is now. I have my Drobo, which, is, which has five hard drives inside just for data redundancy, just in case. Up to two of those drives can fail and I can still be good and not lose any data. I have a clone of that Drobo just in case something happens to the Drobo. Essentially, a Drobo is a computer. So that's, that's, uh, that's four right there, four on top of the five that are within the, the Drobo itself. And then I have my time machine backup because the time machine backup is entirely different from that bootable backup as well. And then to top it all off, I have offsite cloud storage. I think about these things all the time and this works for me i take i spend zero time worrying about my data at this point zero time because i know that if if my computer were to die no worries i got a bootable backup sure it would suck financially but i'd be okay my, my business would not fail within six months if uh if my drobo fried 
for some reason. No worries. I got a clone of that Drobo, and I'd, I'd be able to, you know, pop out all five of those Drobo hard drives, put in new ones, and then dump all the data back onto it. If, um, if, if I lost a file, right, that on my computer, I lost a file two months ago and I really needed it, I still have my time machine backup that I would be able to go back in time to find that file from two months ago that wouldn't be stored on that bootable backup drive because it's, it's only a, the bootable backup is only a clone of the computer at this moment. And then worst case, fire burns down my house, all of those hard drives as well, there's an off-site backup that I'm going to be able to get a hard drive to keep everything the way that I had it. All of this stuff is out. I don't think about any of this stuff. It just happens. A lot of that is with software, especially with Backblaze. I'm telling you, it has changed my life. Not having to go to the bank every single month, <laughs> talk to that one teller who does not like me, <laughs> does not like going into the safe deposit uh, area, and every time I seem to get him, I don't have to worry about him anymore. I don't do that. So if you take these simple steps that we talked about today before you need to, you're never going to have a problem. You may think to yourself, this is so expensive, all these hard drives. I just shoot for myself. Yeah, okay, I get that. But what if you've been shooting for yourself for three years? How many photos have you taken? Let's let's really lowball that number and say 5,000 in those three years. You know... Are those 5,000 photos worth $100 to you for, for an external hard drive? I think so. I think so. That's just me. So again, take these simple steps now so that you don't have a problem later. It's important, but it's not urgent. So again, if you have any questions about hard drive recommendations, or if you want to see a visual of how my data gets split up and backed up and the whole workflow that I have, Check out that PDF that I have in the show notes as well as how you can use it. And that is it for today. I hope that you have a happy world backup day. We have time right now that, uh, that, that we, can, we can dedicate to doing something like this and making sure that it's strong enough to protect ourselves. So again, that's it for today. Until next week, I want you to make do. I want you to make more, I want you to do more, and I want you to make do with what you got because I promise you it's better than you think. That's it. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Beginner Photography Podcast. If you enjoy the show, consider leaving a review in iTunes. Keep shooting, and we'll see you next week.